In today's episode, I'm going to continue my topic, Elohim. This will be part two. Greetings. Thank you for tuning in to listen to Equipping the Bride podcast. I'm Brother Jason DeMars from Beaufort, South Carolina, a minister at Bethel Tabernacle. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Friday. You can watch this podcast on YouTube and listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you have any questions, testimonies, or prayer requests, please let me know at jasondemars.com. I also have free books and tracks available at my website, and shipping is free as well. May the Lord richly bless you. Hello, everyone. Just wanted to give you a little update. We're uh, continuing to do missions work and support missions work overseas. I'm in the planning phase. Just ask that you'd pray for me. Um, I was I was to have a trip in February to Egypt, and uh, with my mom passing away, had to reschedule that. So I'm working on rescheduling that. You pray for me as I do that. Um, also, uh, we're working on putting together another trip at, at some point in time between now and, and August uh, when we're going to do the meetings in Egypt. So prayers appreciated for wisdom and direction on that. Also, been working on the translation works um, with them, printing several books every month and distributing them uh, in uh, the Arabic language. Very excited to be a part of that. I'm also doing working on a few things right now uh, for writing, um, working on a, uh, a book on the Godhead and uh, in, in the editing phases on uh, a, a new tract uh, going through modesty. So keep me in prayer for that. Uh, looking forward to being able to get those projects done and get them released. As I go on, I'm I'm wanting to uh, also do a book on serpent seed and also, uh, you know, in future beyond doing serpent seed, uh, want to do a book on uh, salvation, predestination, and the te- how, how we get saved, and water baptism, and all these different things concluded in that. So those will be forthcoming. Just pray the Lord gives me wisdom and strength in those things. And uh, also, I've been wanting to get these uh, podcasts translated into Arabic. So if you would just remember me in that, um, you have the ability to go in and support uh, this ministry. If you listen to the podcast regularly, I would really appreciate it if you went to the website. Um, you can go on there and you can get on uh, Buzzsprout. And in in the link below, there'll be a place for you to click and you can support on a monthly basis, anywhere from 2 to 5 to $10 a month. And, you know, if enough people support it, it would be a great help to, to pay for everything that goes into uh, this ministry for the software that I use and, and uh, promotional tools that I do to make sure that we're spreading the message far and wide. So definitely appreciate that. Um, I do, th- there are um, 
so far several supporters. There's three different ones, and I just want to take the time to thank them for supporting this podcast. Um, Stephen Carlin is supporting. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, Candace Williams is is helping this um, podcast, and Suzanne Teta is helping this podcast. Thank you so very, very much, and appreciate everyone for doing that. This support show link will be in uh, in the comment section and in the description. So thank you. All right, let's get into our subject. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Now, now you will remember our basis was uh, Psalm 82, 6. I have said, you are, ye are gods, ye are Elohim, and all of you are children of the Most High. And we spent time looking at what Brother Branham said, uh, that he said, God made us to be amateur gods. He, he gave us uh, the power of the spoken word, and we discussed that. That's not operated in our own power and in our own strength, but by the will of God. But God can operate through us that spoken word if we submit and surrender ourselves to him. And we read how there is a divine council called Elohim, and how that the Bible says there, God hath made him a little lower than the angels, a little lower than the Elohim. And he saw that judges were called Elohim as well. And sons of God, sons and daughters of God, are also called Elohim. So let's look at the picture here. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So, this is God's purpose. They are to be his vice regents. They are to be his Elohim upon the earth. They are to take dominion over the earth under God. Now, true dominion for man is in submission to the divine will of Almighty God. Dominion is not us realizing who we are and taking authority over God, but it's always authority under. It's under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's in submission to God. Now, let's look and see what the devil, through the serpent, says to Eve. Genesis 3, 4, and 5, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know in the day ye eat thereof. Then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as Elohim, knowing good and evil. Very interesting. 
Very interesting. So here, here Satan is offering an improvement. You'll be like the Elohim. You'll be like the supernatural beings that know good and evil. Now, I want you to under, under realize that this is a direct connection to the end of Genesis 3, verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. Now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the tree of life. So he'll become as one of us. So those angelic beings that were the throne, that were the the council of El, that surrounded the throne. I forgot to do this uh, to remind you. (laughs) So there they are around the throne and surrounding the throne, this council that we saw from the previous scriptures. This council of angelic beings is sometimes called Elohim. They're sometimes called judges. They're sometimes called watchers. And different ones of them have different jobs and different protocol that they're supposed to follow. And so God says, Satan says, you'll become as Elohim, knowing good and evil. God says, they'll become as one of us, one of God like God and his angelic beings that are there in that council. Now, not all angelic beings are part of that council. And Satan was part of that council. And we saw that Satan even had access to that council and came up amongst them. And he he is the accuser of the brethren. He stands before God day and night accusing us. Interesting. And so as we look at this, this the devil is offering to the woman, you'll be like the Elohim, knowing good and evil. God says they can't become like one of us, knowing good and evil and to live forever. Right? So now, let's look at what happened. There's a great fall because of this, because the woman listened unto the serpent and received the seed of the serpent, and Adam took his wife unto himself, identified himself in her sin, and passed sin onto the human race. God curses what man has dominion over, which is everything, the whole universe, every every atom, every molecule. Genesis three seventeen through 19, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. There we go. 
man is made subject to death. He's he's no longer an immortal being. He loses immortality. He becomes subject to death. And the rest of creation under him is subject to death. And instead of beautiful, perfect fruit and herbs and vegetables, now these these different things produce death and animals eat and kill each other and man kills each other and farming doesn't work out perfectly because we're under the curse. We were made to work. Don't get it wrong. We were designed by God to work, but we weren't designed to work under constant frustration, difficulty, being subject to death all the time, right? So then let's look at the application of this. Romans 8, 18 through 23 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, uh, the glory that's going to be revealed in us, a restoration for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature, or the creation itself, also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our bodies. And so you see, God takes us through a redemption process. First, he redeems our inner man. That's what we have now by the new birth. But then there's going to be a new birth of our bodies. The Bible doesn't call it that, but he calls it the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our bodies. So when our bodies are redeemed, we know that this earth is going to be set free from being under the curse. Let's look at a quote from the Sermon Adoption. Brother Branham, said, Brother Branham says, But in Genesis, this is adoption, number one. Genesis 2, when he made man, he said, I am Y-A-H-U-J-U-V-U-H, Yahweh, Jehovah. What did it mean? I'm I am the all-existent one who has created something off of myself to be a son of mine or a temporary or an amateur little one of mine. Glory. Why? He gave man. Jehovah means that he gave man to be an amateur God because he is Father God and he made a man an amateur God. So he isn't self-existence anymore. He exists with his family, Elohim. Now he is Jehovah meaning the one who exists with his family. Now God made man to predominate over all the earth. He had dominion, and the earth was man's dominion. Is that scripture? Then if that's his dominion, he was God over the earth. He could speak, and it would be so. He could speak this, and it would be so. Oh, there he is, God Jehovah, the one who once 
existed in self-existence, but now exists with his family his little and his little ones with him. There you are. So Brother Branham is saying there that Elohim speaks of God with his family. The counsel of Elohim was angels, but God doesn't mean for it to always be angels. He wants it to be his family. In adoption number four, Brother Branham says, and now this may choke you to death, but did you know that men that are sons of God are amateur gods? How many ever know that? How many knows that Jesus said so? The Bibles, Jesus said, did not your law itself say itself that you are gods? And if you call them gods, which God said in Genesis 2 that they were gods, because they were, they had full dominion over, full domain over the dominion of the world. He gave him dominion over all things. And he lost his godship, he lost his sonship, he lost his domain, and Satan took it over. But brother, we're waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God who will come back and take it over again. Wait, waiting for the fullness of time when the pyramid gets to the top, when the full sons of God will be manifested, when the power of God will walk out, hallelujah, and will take every power that Satan's got away from him. Yes, sir, it belongs to him. I'm going to keep going. I've got a few more to read, and then we'll comment on them. In adoption number four, he's the Logos that went out of God. That is true. That was the Son of God. Then he made man that little God, and he said, if they call those who the word of God came to, the prophets, if they call them gods, who the word of God came to, and God said so himself, that they were gods, he told Moses, I made you a god, and made Aaron your prophet. Amen. Whew. I may act like a religious crank, but I'm not. Oh, and your eyes can come open and see those things. All right, he made man a god a God in his domain, and his domain goes from sea to sea, from shore to shore. He has the control of it. And when Jesus came, being the one the one God without sin, he proved it. When the winds blowed, he said, Peace be still, amen. And when the tree said, No man eat from thee. Verily I say unto you, you that's little gods, if you'll say to this mountain, Be moved, and don't doubt in your heart, believe that what you've said will come to pass, you can have what you've said. Go right back to Genesis, to the original. What is it? Now the world and nature is groaning, crying, everything's moving. What? For the manifestation of the sons of God, when true sons, born sons, filled sons speak, and their word is backed. I believe we're on the border of it right now. Yes, sir, say to this mountain, let it be so. So he made man to be Elohim upon the earth. Not to receive worship. Don't get that mixed up. Uh, this word Elohim we read before, it can be referred to mighty men, can be referred to judges, and it can be referred to angels. So we have to be very precise. There's only one Elohim that's worthy of worship, but there's many Elohim. He made man to be Elohim upon the earth, not to receive worship, not to forgive sins, only unless he's pronouncing what God has already pronounced but to be God's vice-regent, to be as Joseph was to Pharaoh, to, to, to operate the authority and power of God. I want you to notice 
the council that is sitting in heaven. There are angels there, absolutely, but now there's more than that. Revelations 2 through 4. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon, and he that sat was to look upon as a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And then Revelation 5, 7 through 10, And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign upon the earth. So there we have it. There's still a council of Elohim in heaven. But now it contains the 24 elders. And it's declared, we are made kings and priests, and that we will reign on the earth. That was God's purpose for us to have dominion over the earth. We lost it by sin. Christ redeems it by righteousness and his blood. Let's keep looking at scripture to see our place and position in Christ. 1 Peter 2, 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are built up to be a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. We're off there to offer sacrifices. We are to be God's representatives on earth. First Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Again, we are a priesthood. We are his vice-regents, his representatives on earth, Second Peter 2, 1, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So there we have it. We are made participants of the divine nature. That's the same word as Godhead. We are made partakers, participants, of the Godhead. That word divine there is godlike. So we have a godlike nature. Phusis means growth or natural production or by extension genus or sort. Another place, Theos is translated, as I said, as Godhead. So what does it mean? It speaks of the divine species. We were made to be the divine species on the earth. Amen. Acts 17, 29 says, For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. 
So we are partakers of the God race. The word partakers is a sharer, companion. We're associates or companions of the God race. What is the God race? It's the sons of sons and daughters of God, not angels. Men and women who are made made in the image and likeness. What do you think that means? To say that that we are are uh, offspring of God. If we are the offspring of God, we can't think of the Godhead like uh, as an idol. But God is an animated, living person, just as we are living people. We have flesh. God is spirit. But we're made with with the same to be made with the same nature as God. We are to be Elohim on the earth, dominion on the earth. But isn't that amazing? In Second Peter one four, we're we are made to be companions or sharers of the God race or the God species. My goodness. That's, that's absolutely incredible. So we are Elohim because of who we're born off of, as the prophet is teaching us. All right, let me get, I lost my spot for a second. Let me get back to it. Yes, here we go. In the sermon, 1951, Faith is the Substance, Brother Branham says, After the days of that came along Jesus. He was God's ensign, and he was lifted up as he ascended on high and gave gifts back to men, and men received the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be made deity himself. Now, that don't set very good, but that's according to the word. A man or woman that's born to the Spirit of God is a part of God. Amen. You are sons of God and daughters of God. Didn't Jesus say, isn't it written in your scriptures, your laws, that you're gods? Not to forgive sins now, but your sons and daughters of God limited to your faith. Right there, you see, we're made to be sons and daughters of God are made to be deity himself. That's exactly scripture. So, the word phusis, nature, is growth, which implies genus or sort. So we look at that and we say it's a species. Like you look at uh, monkeys, that's, you know, uh, oh, I'm terrible at science, excuse me. But there's different species. We have uh, different types of mammals, uh, we have different types of uh, snakes, we have different types of dogs, we have different kinds of cats, right? Well, here in in the scripture, it says that there is a godlike genus, there is a godlike species. So Brother Branham comes along and says, if you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're a son or daughter of God, you're deity himself. So you're God operating in human flesh. No wonder, you know, many, many, many Christians and denominations put the supernatural for another age. They say the supernatural was for the days of the apostles. 
How could it possibly be? I, I, I get that there's a unique time period in the church. I get that even Brother Branham's ministry is unique. None of us are going to be Brother Branham and have a vindicated ministry like Brother Branham. But the signs follow them that believe. What is it? It's the supernatural power of God in them, them operating what God created us to be, that God species made in his image and likeness, and under surrender and submission to him, we have to be redeemed. We are fallen. No matter what God created us to be and what life is in us, all surrounding that life is dead in sin and trespasses. That life has been corrupted, blended, mingled with the serpent seed race. And so, all of us have that fallen and wicked nature inside of us. That's why we need redemption. That's why we need forgiveness. We are, we are fallen and we deserve, we're in deserving of hell. But God has redeemed us and he's declared over us, you're my God species. You're my Elohim. You are my sons and daughters. You're meant to be close to me, right next to my throne in close communion and fellowship with me. Amen. And as God chooses to operate, the supernatural power of God flows through us. How can we say that the gifts of the Spirit are from a, for a bygone era? Paul doesn't li- limit the gifts of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 or in the book of Romans uh, chapter 12, I think, as well. He doesn't limit them to uh, past tense. He doesn't limit them just to the apostles. That's for That was for all believers, Gentiles and Jews alike. It's for the whole body, and that continues on. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. At the most, if, if gifts were only for the past in the church age, the most we could say is that, that he's the same yesterday, but he isn't the same today. God is immutable. God's word doesn't change. If God says the very first day of Pentecost, he says, this promise is to you and to your children, to them that's far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And if we're baptized into the body, we're subject to the gifts and the supernatural follows us. Healing follows. It's too late. Those people say that there's no miracles, there's no healing, there's no any of these things that God does, uh, they're too late. We've already seen him. We've already witnessed. We've already seen God heal. We've already seen God tell the secrets of the hearts. Not just in Brother Branham's ministry, but in our own lives. God has done these things. The gifts are in operation. We see them. We have them operating in our lives. We want them more. We want want a greater surrender. We want to see God moving more. It's our heart's desire constantly. We want more of him. We want more of the supernatural. God has ordained that that to be because he's called us. He said, you are God's. You're my vice regents on the earth. You're to operate me to the people. Each one of us as a member of that royal priesthood. It's not just for ministers. It's every believer that has the baptism of the Holy Ghost is subject to that and is a means to proclaim and manifest Christ 
amongst the people. Well, thank you so much for uh, listening into the podcast this week. Please let us know if you have any questions or prayer requests. We appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful uh, weekend. Um, please make sure one of the one of the best ways that you can help me out is to leave comments and like and uh, leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We certainly need that and appreciate that, and that helps spread the word for us. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Equipping the Bride podcast. New episodes are posted every Friday. I want to remind you that if you have any questions, testimonies, or prayer requests, please let me know at jasondemars.com. I also have free books and tracks available at my website, and shipping is free as well. Please, I ask you to remember the believers and the mission's work in the Middle East in prayer. May the Lord richly bless you.